what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, Confucius once said about starting a business, needing insurance is like a parachute. If it isn't there, chances are you won't be needing it in the future. Today, our guest is Brian Garrison with On Point Consulting, who works to help businesses with their insurance needs. We'll talk about what you need to know about insurance to start your business. Plus, I'll see how many insurance jokes I can throw in. So strap yourselves in for an exciting show. We'll also have our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll recommend some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your host and director of the Manufacturing Solutions Center in Conover, North Carolina. Unfortunately, my tip of my usual sidekick, Gary Muller, is not with us today, but he'll be back soon, uh, and we hope he's doing well. Before we get started with Brian, I wanted to give a shout-out to the NCIDEA Entrepreneurship Summit, which is going to be held here in North Carolina in Raleigh, November 13th through 15th. Uh, you should check that out at uh, ncidea.org. Uh, we've had the executive director of NCIDEA, Tom Rue, as a podcast guest before. I attended the summit last year. It was outstanding. If you're interested in funding, if you're interested in entrepreneurship resources, if you're interested in innovation, if you're interested in networking with folks who might be able to help your business, you should consider attending uh, the NC Idea Entrepreneurship Summit. And again, uh, that's November 13th through 15th. Uh, check it out at uh, ncidea.org. And uh, if you go, we'll, uh, the Manufacturing Solutions Center is going to have a table there at their resource fair. So uh, come, come check us out. We'd love to say hello. Our guest today is Brian Garrison with On Point Consulting. Brian, how's it going today? Very, very well. I love this time of year. College basketball, getting ready to kick off. It's getting ready to kick off. And for some of those who have disappointing college football teams, we can't wait for college basketball season to start. Yes. I'm also a Tar Heel football fan, and these last two losses have been brutal. They have been very disappointing now, but uh, I appreciate that you're a Tar Heel fan. You're also a graduate of Appalachian State. I know that you spent 20 years as a licensed insurance agent where you were selling uh, and servicing anything from auto, home, life, uh, health insurance, and you've got uh, the designation of Life Underwriter Training Council Fellow. You're doing a lot of good stuff. In 2020, you started your own business, uh, On Point Consulting, to help businesses and individuals navigate their own insurance needs, right? That's correct. And how's the business going? Doing well. We're really uh, growing and entering into some uh, some new some new markets. Um, recently, we've one of our recent uh, partnerships is partnering with some uh, colleges with their NIL programs. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'll keep the names of the colleges confidential, but uh, basically, it's where we go in and provide insurance coaching to these athletes uh, on a football program. And a lot of times when they get a certain NIL deal, mm -hmm. 
obviously comes some additional money. Well, when these athletes have some additional money, they go out and maybe they buy, you know, uh, certain jewelry or uh, rims on their vehicles and doctor them up, whatever. Or, or, or a vehicle. Or, yeah. Um, anything. So we're there just to kind of guide them along in that process, see, tell them what they need to do. Okay. I mean, are you are you focused on insurance, or are you just more providing more financial advice, or a little it, all the above? Uh, it's a little bit of everything, but mostly insurance. You know, kind of just pointing them in the right direction. Well, and and I would think you, know, you a, a young athlete, a, a kind of like a young business, probably doesn't think about that. They're bulletproof. You know, they never have to worry about that. But uh, you know, a, a, someone that's a, a young football player who thinks that they're going to be making lots of money, you know, one bad turn, one bad uh, knee injury, they might not be in the game any longer. That's right. So anyway, yeah. well, that's that's uh, that's cool. Uh, well, tell us tell us a little bit about what On Point does uh, with insurance, and you know, you know, why why did you get started with On Point? Okay, I started On Point about three years ago, and what makes us a little uh, unique is that we don't sell insurance. We're strictly a um, advisory consultant, if you will. So individuals and businesses can send over their insurance. And with an unbiased eye, so to speak, we can really look at their policies and really see if there's any gaps. Where are the gaps? Are there areas that they are uninsured, underinsured, or maybe maybe there are areas where they're overinsured, maybe double covered? So it's about finding those gaps in those areas. So that's where we operate and. Um, uh, it's been very good for us. And are you working with businesses and individuals, and or do you have a focus in a certain area? Uh, about ninety percent of it now is businesses, mm-hmm. new businesses getting started, mm-hmm. uh, but also businesses that are in that maybe three to four year range where mm-hmm. they've just started and they're trying to iron out some things. They're in a position now where they're making some good money, and they're ready to take that next step. Okay, so. Now, you know, question, do you know what a woman and insurance have in common? Don't answer that. You'll only get in trouble. They're both expensive, difficult to understand, and what you get is not guaranteed. Excellent. Have you heard that one before? I have not heard that one. All right. Well, that's a good can, one. You can use that one. Okay. So now— That's a freebie. That's a freebie. I've got, uh, I've got plenty. So now you talked about working with startup businesses— now, what what type of insurance should startup businesses be most concerned about? Well, there's really three, and that is a basic. Almost every business owner needs a general liability policy where they can get product liability coverage. Mm-hmm. That's a big um, piece in somebody's new business now uh, because more and more people are selling items on Etsy, for example, right? Maybe they're making candles or mm. lotions and they're selling them online. Right. Well, they need some product liability, okay, at the core. And they can pick that up under a basic general liability policy. So that's right off. They need to be aware of that. Uh, but also, now with the platforms on social media that folks are operating on, they need to be mindful of what's called E&O coverage, errors and emissions, or mm. professional liability professional liability. Anytime someone now starts a business, 
they need to be very mindful. If they've got a voice on a certain platform, whether that's you know YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and they're giving advice, counsel, direction, coaching, guidance, that has the potential, the potential to harm someone. Maybe it's the potential to harm someone medically or financially. You need to be very careful about that. You need to pick up some ENO coverage. So, so would it be appropriate that the Mesh Podcast Network have some sort of insurance? So when people, uh-huh. like, <laughs> people like you and I get on and start giving out crazy advice, you know, and people, heaven forbid, people listen to us, they they could get in trouble. One hundred percent. All right, uh, you know, our friends at food the Mesh. for thought. All food right. for thought. All right. Yeah, I'm not sure how much longer they're going to let me be on this, but anyway. Um, <laughs> So now you you mentioned uh, E and O or errors and omission. Is that uh, something that is more significant when it comes to to services, or is that more a more general type thing? It's largely service driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks who are uh, realtors, insurance agents, mortgage brokers, you know, the financial sector. It's largely that. And. Now, now, one thing that I always get confused about for service providers, like the guy that's going to come over and uh, I've got a tree in my yard, and it's a big tree, and if it goes down the wrong way, it might fall on my house type tree. Um, but he's going to do some work on it. Uh, and should he be bonded? Should he be insured? Should he be both? And what are, what are the differences in those? It's a great question. Here in North Carolina, uh Let's just call that person the handyman, handy person, right? They're they're coming to do some chores like that around the house. Well, number one, that person is not required to get insurance or or a special license. I'll I'll say that. Special license if he's doing less than $30,000, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those small jobs, it's really his responsibility or her (laughs) <laughs> the responsibility of the individual to get their own general liability policy to cover those acts of negligence. So that way, ideally, in a perfect world, we as the homeowner, if we're hiring someone to, to do some odd jobs around the house, we would request that they have their own general liability policy. Um, most of the time, the people that we get know us. We have a strong relationship with them. They trust us, and they wouldn't sue us. But you never know. We live in a very litigious society now. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess the concern there is, well, two factors. One, what if he gets hurt? Could he or his family say, well, you know, you shouldn't have had him working on that rotting or dead tree in it in the first place? Or you shouldn't have, you know, you knew about that big hole in the back there or, you know, you knew you had some missing shingles and you posed a risk. You put my husband at at risk there. So, yeah, you know, we all run the risk there if we don't get a coverage or, or his certificate of insurance mm-hmm. showing that he's covered. Now, now, sometimes these guys say, I'm bonded. Now, what, is, what does he mean by that, and should I okay. be worrying about that? Bond is completely different than insurance. All a bond does is say that he will fulfill his contractual duty. That's it. Hey, I'll, I'll promise if I, you know, you hire me to come do this paint job, it'll take me five days, and here's what I'll do. I'm bonded. Well, it's just an agreement that you're. It's 
that you're going to finish that job. So, so if he does it in seven days, do I not have to pay him? <laughs> Five, three, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Uh, so I shouldn't worry so much about someone telling me they're bonded. I really need to make sure they've got the, the proper insurance. Insurance first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, yeah. that's helpful to me. So um, now... When I was doing my extensive Google research before this podcast, I came across something called employment liability protection insurance. And sort of getting into if I've got a company, I start hiring people. If I if I upset them, they might try to take legal action against me. Is that something that businesses should should start to, to worry about? Jeff, it's huge now. Employment practices liability coverages. Okay? So what people need to be aware of there is sexual harassment, we're, discrimination. We're, we're, we're against these things. That's right. Okay. That's Just right. checking. Yep. But, but it covers acts of harassment, discrimination, and wrongful termination. So then we're allowed to do those things? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. But, it, it, yeah, it's one of those things in the past, a lot of companies have really not taken out that kind of coverage. Um, but especially going back to the era, the you know the culture that we're in, uh, mm-hmm. where folks sue over anything and everything, mm-hmm. uh, it, it definitely be in your best interest to have employment practices liability. So here's a question for you: Why doesn't Santa provide health insurance to his workers? Because they are all elf employed. Self-employed, get it? Oh, I, I love it. Okay. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're past Halloween. We haven't gotten to Thanksgiving, but the Christmas is out there. But anyway, <laughs> so if I am self-employed, you know, what, what implications are there for me for, for getting insurance at this point in time? Is that like uh, am I looking at Obamacare or, 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 or stuff if I'm a, a self-employed person? Uh, related to health insurance? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we... It, first of all, like if you have employees or you're talking about kind of a group policies, um, yeah, it's 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 navigating a, a very difficult journey now because um, the the rates here in North Carolina, they I tell people this, they drastically vary from one insurance company to the next. The most important thing when an employer, a small business owner is looking for their personal health insurance or their group coverage, mm-hmm. make sure that your doctor and the employees, make sure that their primary doctor is in the network of that plan. Time and time again, when I review a policy on health insurance, I see someone who they've switched over at, at, at when it comes time to renew, and their primary care physician or their hospital even that they use is not part of that plan. They don't honor that particular plan. So that's the first thing that they need to do is see, hey, this doctor and this hospital that I go to when I have to go, they're part of the in-network coverage. So you certainly don't want to be out of network. The cost is tremendous. Mm -hmm. So... um if I'm if I'm uh, if I have a small business, starting a small business, you know, are there certain sort of other risks out there that I should be considering or thinking about that uh, I might be able to uh, improve my lot if I found a way to 
to insure against them? What other risks should I be thinking about that are out there that, that might not come to mind that quickly? Okay. Well, right now, and I do a, uh, a nice webinar on cybersecurity, mm-hmm. cyber threats. Okay. But specifically, it's, it's not so much um, where I detail terminology related to cyber, th- cyber threats. It's cyber threats and data breaches and how insurance, a cyber policy, Okay, a good cyber policy can protect your business. Okay, what I talk about in, the, in, in a cyber webinar is, first of all, there's kind of different layers. The first layer is you need to incorporate antivirus software, number one. But after that, a good insurance policy, a robust cyber policy will do a couple things. Number one, when you do have a data breach, it will begin the notification of the affected customers whether it's your employees or your clients. The policy actually does that? Yep. Wow. Yep, they, they respond with that. Number two, immediately when that claim is filed, a good insurance policy will have a legal team assigned to your case to begin any kind of legal process to go to bat for you. Thirdly, business income loss. You'll have a a downtime there mm-hmm. where you know you're trying to get reestablished. It might be three or four days. It might be three weeks, but a good policy will have that loss of business income uh, applied to that. So those three components under a cyber policy are critical. But while I'm talking about about business loss income, income, that's a, another key area that a lot of business owners, especially new business owners, don't really realize that in a general liability policy or other policies, they need to be aware. They need to ask their agent, hey, does this policy have, does it include loss of business income? Okay, Because when you file a claim, whether it's a liability claim or we're talking about cyber threats, when you have a claim and you have a situation where you're not able to run your business week or month, your policy needs to respond to have income still coming in during that time. So that's a key component I will tell our listeners about loss of business income. Well, now you were talking about now cyber threats, which has you know, <clears throat> unfortunately become a, a, a more visible and, and bigger issue out there at this you know these days. I, I would think that there are several different risks that maybe insurance helps with, maybe not. But I would think that... Uh, you mentioned contacting people that uh, whose information might have been part of this, um, which I don't know. People might get upset and say, "I'm going to sue you." <laughs> right? Uh, does does a cyber can a cyber policy help me with that? That's exactly right. There are uh, key endorsements, and that's one of them, Jeff, to make sure that your policy has on that. So it's not standard, but it's an endorsement on that policy to include on that. To, for that protection, and yeah. so so that leads me to another question. So uh, I know that there are situations; some have been very public, some not so much, where uh, someone has gotten malware or whatnot into an organization's computer system, and basically uh, they charged ransom to release it. 
Uh, you know, you, you and I, I've heard this from from big companies. I've heard this from small nonprofits, uh, which you scratch your head saying, "Why is someone messing with a small nonprofit?" Maybe because there's fewer barriers to to get to that information. Can a cyber policy cover me? That where if somebody's saying, "Well, you pay us ten thousand dollars and we're going to release your data," not that I'm a proponent of negotiating with terrorists, but uh, you know, sometimes you have to make a business decision. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Can a, can a policy help me with that? It, it is. One of the things that you're talking about, social engineering, I think that's what it's the endorsement's actually called under that policy. But that's how that specifically responds to that occurrence. Again, you've got to be careful. It's not standard in, in a lot of data breach policies, mm-hmm. but it is an endorsement, especially if you have multiple employees and, you know, um, you have a lot of exposure, I'll say, um, then that kind of social engineering, that response needs to be on there. And, and it can be. It can but be, it's something but it's that not you standard. Need, it's not standard, nope. so you better ask for it or mm-hmm. investigate it and figure out what it's yeah. going to cost you. Uh, yeah, and typically you can get up to $100,000 of protection there. So To, to, to pay in yeah. ransom? Yes, okay. ransom. Okay. So, so Brian, do you know the difference between a man and a whole life policy? A whole life policy eventually matures. <laughs> that one I like. Well, you can use that I one. I like too. that you one. I want to use we're, that one. We're, we're going to offend both genders today, so you know we are an equal op- opportunity <laughs> offender. So I, I, I hope the mesh has good insurance. That's all I can say. Um, well, yeah. So, from a business owner perspective. What uh, what sort of mistakes uh, do you often see out there? You you mentioned sometimes people don't have enough insurance. Sometimes maybe people have too much insurance, and you mentioned gaps. Or are there common errors that people often make in uh, uh, you know when they're when they're in business about how they approach insurance? Mainly staying on top of it or forgetting to be proactive with it. Um, one of the key things that I see all the time is when I'm reviewing someone's commercial auto policy for a business, I'll look on there and I'll see, um, say, a number of vehicles. And as I'm reviewing it with the business owner or business owners, they'll ask me, well, okay, but what about my 2021 Four two fifty that we also use, or it might be two or three vehicles. Mm-hmm. So I look on there and go, well, it's not on there. When did you get it? And they say, had it about a year, maybe six or eight months. The situation, and it's a good thing, when a business starts really growing, multiple employees, you're hiring new employees, you're hiring new drivers. One of the key things that gets missed is someone overseeing to make sure that that driver or drivers, new drivers, and new vehicles actually get added on. A lot of times that gap that you're talking about, the the company will have someone go to the dealership, go through that process, buy a truck or, or two, whatever, and the salesperson there at the car dealership, car dealership will say, got you taken care of, Jeff. Uh, I'll call your insurance company tomorrow and get this sucker added on for you. And he never did. So those things that we kind of rely or we're told 
they'll do it. You just need to follow up on it because drivers and vehicles have a funny way or not so funny way of getting missed to be added onto the policy. A second thing that gets missed all the time, there's an endorsement out there, Jeff, called Hired and Non-Owner Auto Endorsement, H-N-O-A, Hired and Non-Owner Auto Endorsement. Here's the exposure for a business. It's, it's missed so frequently. Let's say a business owner, um, they have an employee who they need. It's, let's say it's after hours or on a weekend. That business owner contacts that empl- one of their employees for them to do a work, specific work errand, something for the business. And it's maybe after hours. Maybe it's on a weekend. Well, that employee says, sure, Jeff, I'll, I'll be glad to do that. And that employee drives their personal vehicle. Not on, they're, they're not on the clock, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They take their personal vehicle, and they're on the way to run an errand down in South Carolina, wherever. And they have an accident. It's their fault. It's the employee's fault. They have an accident, they, they have property damage, they total someone else's vehicle, and they cause some bodily injury in that vehicle. Two or three people are injured. Without that endorsement I just mentioned, that business is exposed to the liability nature there. Because the person was doing something business-related. That's right. It's an endorsement. And it, it, it often gets missed, mm-hmm. but I would encourage especially business owners to look at that. Now, maybe if you don't have employees and you're not at that risk, great. But just be thinking about it down the road. As you hire employees and have vehicles, be mindful. It's nearly nothing premium-wise to add on to that. So it's, it's a phenomenal endorsement to have on there to cover that gap. Okay, that's wouldn't have thought about that, but it 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 does bring up the thought of you know if I'm um, uh, I don't know uh, whatever I'm doing I I've I've started my own service business and I'm just using my personal vehicle both for my personal life as well as my business life. You know, are there certain? Yeah, you know, I I have an insurance policy on my my vehicle when I when I got it registered. Is there something I need to be doing to build it into my business policy? Yes, and here's what I say to that, Jeff. If you're going to be using your vehicle for a side business, doesn't matter. I tell people, here's what you do. You don't have to go title that to a business that personal vehicle, but you do need to notify your insurance carrier and classify your vehicle business use, business use. Mm -hmm. It doesn't require moving it onto a new policy, nothing like that. It just changes changes the, what insurance companies call classification of it to business use. So a couple things there. One, if you're audited, right, they can look at your, one of the first things an, um, an auditor will do, believe it or not, they will look at your auto, personal auto policy, and see how your vehicle is titled, how it's classed, I should say. So if I've been like taking expenses associated with that vehicle, they want to make sure it's classified as a business vehicle. That's correct. Okay. Right. 
Good. Good yeah. to know. That's that's. Yeah. I, I suspect most people are taking mileage one way or the other. Yeah. So that's 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 good to know. Yeah. Business use again. Uh, sort of the same premise that other endorsement, the hired and non-owner auto endorsement. This uh, endorsement for business use, l- pennies on the dollar to add. We just uh, we're, we're we're sitting here early November. We just got through Halloween. Are there any nightmare business situations that you've uh, had to live through that uh, could have been avoided if someone had uh, insured their lives a little bit more properly? Yes, and it's related to insuring their business tools. Yeah. You know, most everyone in business has tools, business business tools and equipment, and more, on more than one occasion, um, I've been involved with a situation where folks have been advised to get that policy to cover their tools. Ah, no, it's not a big deal. I only have a couple thousand dollars worth. Well, two things. It's a couple thousand dollars worth, one. But number two, now you don't have tools to operate your business. You're pretty much out of business if something happens right. to them. Exactly. Are you, are you talking theft? Are you talking breakage? Theft. Or, yeah. Or? Theft. Yeah. You know, one, two of the biggest components is vandalism. And theft, but most contractors, you know, if you're, you know, got a long company, you know, you're you're worried that someone's going to steal your your equipment, you know, mowers and blowers. I mean, so it's the what it does having insurance, whatever it is, your tools, your cyber, you know, all that. It allows you if a, a, a good insurance policy policy allows you to get back on your feet and get money quicker. Mm-hmm. Well, that reminds me of a situation where I had a friend uh, whose barn burned down, and his wife uh, called the insurance company and said, our barn was insured for $50,000. I'd like to get our money. And the insurance agent said, well, just hold on. You know, it doesn't work like that. You know, we have to assess the value of the building, and then we'll provide you with a new one of comparable value. And she thought about that for a little bit, and she said, well, if that's the way it works, I'd like to cancel the policy that I have on my husband. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you who it was. Okay. I mean, it's like a personal story there. Anyway, <laughs> um, well, you know, your, your, your business is about insurance, but you're also a business person. Uh, you know, uh, you know how are, what, what sort of challenges, uh, you know, from a business perspective as, as a small business owner uh, are, have you run into, and, and how are things going on that front? Jeff, probably the, the biggest challenge I've faced in, over the last two, two to three years has been managing marketing, sales, appointments, creating invoicing, when you're doing it, like most new business owners, they're sort of bootstrapped. You know, you're trying to maximize your dollar. And, mm-hmm. and most small business owners are asked to wear all those hats. You're trying to be in charge and lead an effort uh, for your marketing team. Because you are the marketing team. The social media posts that you need to put out there to get the word out. How do you drive sales? How do you manage your appointments? What systems out there? 
I was really struggling with that until Laura, my wife, introduced me to a uh, software platform called HubSpot. Mm-hmm. Heard of it? Um, so HubSpot is basically a CRM, contact relationship management uh, platform, where once you incorporate HubSpot into your business, Jeff, it's been a lifesaver for me personally, for personally and in, and in my business, because it manages your appointments. It can, you can set up uh, marketing emails to go out, mm-hmm. automated. It's got chat bots. It's got analytics to track, hey, this website's doing this. It's been absolutely gold. And I highly recommend to for small business owners, look, if you're not using something like that, I highly encourage you to look at HubSpot. And and they should be endorsing us, you know. Uh, that's you know, we we're, we're throwing an endorsement to them. So HubSpot, if you're listening, you know, you need to get on board. You know, uh, contact the mesh about uh, promotional opportunities. Check 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 check. Um, any other recommendations that you have for our listeners who might be in startup mode? Be thinking about the end, and that's kind of weird but um you know it's not something that i thought about when i started on point but in listening to a lot of folks now start their business that have went on to become really really successful when they start their business they have to really face or understand three things most people have fear doubt and uncertainty, fear, doubt, and uncertainty. So when you as a listener, you're getting ready to start a business, what product that you're introducing to the market or what service you're introducing to the market, how can you address your client's fear of a product or service, doubt regarding it, or uncertainty about it? How can you use information dissemination to kind of break it down in an easy-to-understand way? Uh, So I would say, when I say, you know, look at the end, where do you want to be? You know, have have this goal 10 years out to say, okay, I would like to be here. And think, think big. Think, okay, if I can do this successfully one time, I can repeat this five times. So in other words, scaling opportunities right, becomes right. really, really important. Okay. Well, I, I also think you know the you, you mentioned the fact that when you're in startup mode, you're wearing so many different hats and and you know, trying to whether it be HubSpot or, or other tools out there to assist you in being more efficient and organized. I think that's also uh, good advice as well out there. Absolutely. Last question before our lightning round. Um, I need to, I need a new roof. Do I have to wait for a hailstorm to get my insurance to pay for it? You know, what do you recommend? If it's not leaking, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Once it starts leaking, does, some, does that when my insurance kicks in? Uh, no, no, no. It, it'd have to be uh, storm-related for uh, sure. Big storms are brewing, brother. Big Ooh, storms are brewing. I hear you. All I right. hear you. All right. I catch what you're throwing down. 
All right. Brian, we, we appreciate you. You're, you're actually a return guest of the uh, Entrepreneur Exchange. We appreciate you being back and, and helping people understand some of the challenges that they face with insurance. It's, I, you know, I, as someone that's been in business, started a small business, I don't think that insurance is usually the, the top thing that comes to mind, but it needs to come to mind or else uh, bad things can be out there for you. So anyway, you up for our lightning round today? Let's go. All right. Today's lightning round is sponsored not by HubSpot, but by Prestige Worldwide, a global entertainment conglomerate and sponsor of the Catalina Wine Mixer. Entertainment, management, research and development, security, Prestige Worldwide has you covered. Check them out on the internet. So we're going to ask you some quick questions. Don't overthink it. Give us some quick answers. What is your biggest pet peeve? Slow drivers yeah. very slow drivers let me clarify that slow drivers people that don't use their blinkers that Thank make you, you crazy yeah i'm with you what topping do you put on your pizza italian sausage that's a good one i like that one okay okay how do you feel about pineapple on pizza absolutely not you're right beatles rolling stone or, or taylor swift <laughs> rolling stones okay Favorite Halloween candy? The the Reese's uh, cup. Peanut, peanut butter cup. Peanut butter cup. That's that's that's. It's it certainly is. not candy corn. No, no, no. Keep keep your candy corn. Thank go, you. Go with the peanut butter cups. Favorite Thanksgiving dish? Sweet potato casserole. That's a good one. Last question for you: Do you have a go-to adult? Beverage. The Moscow Mule. Okay. A, a, a sophisticated palate from uh, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> Thank you very much. Brian, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? On point, I-N-S, consulting.com. Okay. So uh, get out there. You want to learn more about uh, Brian and his business, go out uh, to onpointinsconsulting.com. That's where you'll find him. I suspect if you go to LinkedIn, you'll find him out there as well. But, uh, Brian, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being uh, on uh, this month's Entrepreneur Exchange. We always like to wind up by uh, giving a shout-out to, to small businesses that we've come across. And you got uh, one, Brian, that you want to give a shout-out to? One in particular – Zach Cranford mm-hmm. has done an absolute home run with City Walk Brewery, downtown Hickory here. Um, a number of fantastic beers, um, got a few snacks, uh, multiple TVs, mm-hmm. got a nice outdoor area there with um, cornhole, um, got a nice indoor area too that they can lower the doors and you can enjoy the, the in, inside, too, on a night like tonight. But Zach's just done a tremendous job. It's a great atmosphere. And um, basically, since they opened, basically uh, a month ago, they've been covered up every day. Can I, can I get a Moscow, mule, a Moscow mule there? You can. Okay. Because out to the side there, they've got a uh, 
cocktail lounge okay. for adults there. I don't know. Well, that's, I, I prefer the adult cocktail lounges myself, but that's just me. <laughs> okay. All right. CityWalk Brewing, and uh, I'll, I'll, I will be checking that out soon. And that's in, in beautiful downtown Hickory, North Carolina. So, uh, so small business that I want to give a shout out to. Uh, I've, I've been working with a, a group that focuses on outdoor businesses, and uh, through that group, I came on. I came across a company called Bellyac, which is a it's a product that is actually a kayak type product that you sort of lie on and you do paddling, and uh, they're manufactured here in North Carolina in the Asheville area. And uh, if you go to, to bellyak.com, B-E-L-L-Y-A-K.com, you can see some videos of their products. They've got people going into whitewater as opposed to in a kayak or canoe. They're on, on their belly, bellies paddling around. They do have helmets on in those rapids, and that uh, if you're if – you're, uh, you know, going head first down the rapids, probably good to wear a helmet, but uh, <laughs> they look really cool and just sort of a very unique product, uh, perhaps one that we should be giving a shout out more in the summertime, uh, not uh, in November when it's starting to cool off a little bit, but uh, you can use them on flat water, you can use them in rapids, and just sort of a, a cool local product that I uh, wanted to give a shout out to. So anyway, check them out at www bellyak b-e-l-l-y-a-k dot com and if you have a suggestion for our entrepreneur exchange small business of the month you can email us at exchange at the mesh dot tv and we appreciate your suggestions and if we use your suggestion we'll give you one of our entrepreneur exchange prize packs Brian, thank you for being with us today it is a pleasure to see you and uh, have you on the, the podcast again let's do it and I uh, want to, as always, thank our friends at the Mesh Podcast Network. Please go and check out all of the cool shows they have at themesh.tv. And you'll see the stable of interesting and different uh, podcasts that they've got out there. So check them out there. And we'll look forward to talking with you again next month. Everybody take care. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.